I'm Jennifer, and you're listening to the Jennifer Kayla Ruskin Podcast. I'm passionate about helping you create the relationship and sex life of your dreams. Welcome to conversations about open relationships, online dating, and conscious uncoupling. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Jennifer Kayla Ruskin Podcast. I'm Jen, and this is Ashley Garcia. Ashley and I are in sex coach prep school, lots of words for this particular program, but we're both in this program to learn how to be sex and relationship coaches. And Ashley actually has a ton of experience already in this space of holding space for people in retreat form. She's done her own coaching for years. And Ashley is an expert in kink, specifically her and her husband do a lot of shibari. So I wanted to have her come on the show and give us information on conscious kink. So there's kink where you just slap on your dominatrix outfit and go into the bedroom and pretend like you know what you're doing. And then there's kink where you consciously set the scene. You set up your safe words. You set up safety. You set up intention. And so Ashley's going to go through that. First, I want to let you know, Ashley's totally normal. I always like to normalize our guests, Ashley. She's a wife. She's a mama. She's active. She used to be a trainer. Um, She's specializing in social media. And now she is a conscious communication and relationship coach. So Ashley, I'm so glad you're here today. Tell everybody a little bit more about you. Yes. Thank you so much. And thank you for the normalizing. I think people are like, Ooh, kink, like you must be weird. Or like you must walk around with like really tight leather clothes and high heels on all the time. And I'm like, yes, I love my heels, but actually I'm not a leather fan. Um, but I am first and foremost, a mom and a wife and have a dog that I play with and take to the dog park. So yeah, it's, you get to be curious and you get to have fun and it's all normal. It's all of it. (laughs) Yeah. And it's totally normal to invite some kinky slash BDSM aspects into your bedroom. I always feel like when you're in, especially when you're in deep partnership, nothing's off limits. You get to try everything at least once. What do you think? Absolutely. Um, I think that we are all hardwired for pleasure and connection, and we are all innately curious It's a lot of the social constructs or how we grew up from a young age that have placed this shame and judgment on us or that we have taken in in our own stories that actually push down um, that curiosity because when it comes up and it's like, ooh, that might be fun or ooh, that kind of sounds good or ooh, I wonder how that feels, we immediately go, ooh, but I would be judged for that or ooh, that wouldn't feel like I'm, what would so-and-so think of me? And so honestly, you know, we are all hard, hardwired for this and you do get to be curious and you do get to try everything once. It's just the understanding of um, the releasing of judgment and shame around that. And again, going back to normal, it's all normal. <laughs> it's all normal. You have permission to explore. It feels so good. The word permission, like it does something to my nervous system that like expands out from my heart and like calms all my cells. I feel like it's like petting, like you have permission. So I'm really curious, Ashley, how in the world did you and your husband get started in kink? I'm assuming it wasn't something you just kind of stumbled upon. And then what has your journey looked like? Because I know you're pretty active in the kink community. You're even traveling and going to some high ticket items to learn even more about it. So would you share with us your journey? Yes. So mine started with curiosity. It was, um, actually came from a trauma-based relationship 
before my current husband. And so four years of living in deep trauma, mental abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, and I'm a big extroverted person. And so to go from having a lot of confidence and being an extrovert and talking to people all the time, I felt really small and I had zero confidence and I wasn't seen and I wasn't heard. My voice wasn't allowed. That was not okay. And so once I broke free from that relationship, I had a lot of healing to do, so much healing to do. And I had to find that inner voice and I had to work on healing that little girl inside and letting her know that she was safe again. And um, as I met my, my partner, my current husband, we've been together for 14, 15 years. We've been married for 11. Um, so we have a beautiful relationship. But and as I came into this relationship, I had a lot of baggage that I was holding and a lot of trauma. And I'm so blessed that he was able to hold the space for that and allow me to heal. And through that, we had a friend who was in the conscious kink community and had introduced us to Shibari. And we got really curious about it. And because I had such an aversion to touch from being traumatized by touch for so long, Shibari actually did two things. It allowed me to feel touch in an actual comforting and nurturing way. And it allowed me to go deep within. For me, Shibari is the reminder that we are the only people who bind us. Mm -hmm. um, and so to be bound and to be able to go within, I was able to really kind of visit some of my shadows and do some of the trauma work that needed to be done. Um, that maybe I would have been afraid to visit otherwise. Cause when you're in rope, there's a lot of times like you can't really go anywhere, not just physically, but mentally you're sitting here going, here I am. And then you get to meet that version of yourself where you are and then explore deeper. And through that, my husband's love language is touch. Uh, mine was not. So how can I also meet my husband where his needs are while feeling safe in my own body and allowing my nervous system to regulate. So through the art of Shibari, we were able to bridge um, our needs together. And so he was able to do the tying. He was a top, a rigger, and he's able to tie and touch. And as a bottom or a rope bunny um, or the person being tied, I was able to receive touch in a way that still felt very safe. And then we just continued the exploration and the building of that kink and curiosity and going into the world deeper after that. Hey there. Did you know that I do online coaching? Yes, I do online coaching in the sex and relationship space. Some of the topics that are near and dear to my heart are open relationships. So that includes polyamory, swinging, or what we call the lifestyle. I also love conversations around online dating. We're talking Bumble, Tinder, Field, and more. And then the last thing that's really passionate and close to my heart is conscious uncoupling. That means we get to break up with people with love and respect, with dignity and hope. We get to create a life for our children that gets to be a little bit different. We can do things better than we have in the past. So if any of these topics sound interesting to you and you'd love to get some coaching from me, check out the link in the show notes or the link in my bio for more information on coaching with Jen. 
Okay. <clears throat> I know just because I know you personally that you actually have like a whole rig situation like in your living room. You guys actively mm -hmm. do shivari. I think you've maybe even held a class or two. You've probably trained some of your friends. How do people how do people react to your love of shibari? Like, do they seem to take to it really quickly and they also jump all in and start to take classes? Do they ask you to come do repeat classes? Like, what does that look like for you as you kind of cascade this into your community and your friend group? Yeah, so I still having that little inner voice going, ooh, I wonder what people are going to judge me for. <laughs> um I actually had to do a lot of work around that. And when I started to present it to my friend group, um, I had a mentor that I was working with and I said, okay, are you open for me being in a vulnerable space? Can you receive this? And she said, of course. So all I did was send her a picture and I didn't really say anything. I just wanted to, I just said, wouldn't, I would like for you to just let this land how it lands and feel into your body how this feels and then let me know. So I kind of took the responsibility of myself of like having to like get an answer really quickly and then waiting for judgment to come. Like we both got space to see where it landed. And she wrote back and she said, that is so beautiful. I am so curious. And it was like the permission. I love how you used that word earlier. It was the, the permission for both myself and for her to have that conversation and for me to release the fear of judgment and go, okay, I'd love to talk to you about this. And so I was in a safe space and container when I first presented it. Um, she's one of my dear friends now. And from there, it was kind of like, okay, great. Now I can start presenting it to more of my group. And as I did so, it's been met with so much love and so much curiosity. And I'm blessed that I have the friend circle that I do that can receive that. And as people get to experience what that is, um, experience consciously the energy that Brian and I have and the attunement to one another when we tie, it even expands their curiosity and love for it because it, it takes when they get to see it in action and see the energy that it holds from a conscious perspective, then they now have permission to release maybe the fear around what they thought it was. Maybe they thought it was like being, I had a friend recently tell me, she said, I didn't know what to expect with this. And it was the most hilarious reflection. She said, I literally pictured you hog tying somebody from the ceiling <laughs> and then walking by, putting an apple in their mouth, slapping them on the ass and being like, all right, dinner's going to be ready soon. And like walking away. And I laughed so hard. And I said, oh my goodness, um, I guess you could, you could make that part of, you know, a, a scene if that yeah. was you know, if you were being playful with it and it's so much more than that. And once she got to see a tie in person and experience that journey, she came back and said, that was like a dance. It was like watching ballet and it was so with ease and so much love and so attuned. And I am so glad that I got to witness it. And it's not what I expected. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing your own personal experience and then how that's radiated out into your friend groups. I would like to pause for a minute and then we'll come right back after this ad and then we can jump into the safer aspects of conscious kink. All right. So now let's take this into a conversation around safer kink. I know a lot of people have 
a little bit of anxiety or crunchiness around the thought of anything kinky, but definitely shibari and being tied and all of that. Can you lead us through a conversation of what does safety look like? Absolutely. So when people think of, or I get commonly asked, what is conscious kink versus regular kink? And again, it goes back to the whole, you know, everybody wants to think whips and chains, handcuffs, and like let let Ludacris do his rap in the background. And like, that's what you get into. Um, But it's so much more than that. And it's so much deeper than that. And it's, it gets to be creating safety within the body and how does your nervous system feel and regulate. So that's the conscious aspect of it, being able to attune to yourself, really go within, how am I feeling? Where am I feeling it? Um, Is this bringing something up for me? And so there's a very deep, um, like I said, a a very deep embodiment of, of being able to go within and explore that. And then when you're in partnership, whether it be a singular or plural partnership, it's being able to attune to those that you are in partnership with or you are in play with um, and having the conversation around um, what are you feeling and where are you feeling it and what's coming up for you. And so being able to, again, I love kink as a dance. You guys get to dance together. Um, There's a lot of leaders and followers, so you're not stepping on toes so much, Um, but it gets to be, again, the attunement to not just you know, I get to dress up in like leather or I get to dress up in lingerie or I get to, you know, whatever that looks like for you. Um, But how do I explore this from a place that feels good, where I feel safe and then going forward from there. So creating safety gets to be the, the breath work and the acknowledgement of going within breath work is such a big component that I introduce or that I encourage others to introduce to really Again, when you're breathing, you're going, you're focusing so much on your body. Um, again, where does it, what am I feeling? Where am I feeling it? Or, ooh, I'm feeling sad today. Or, ooh, I'm feeling a lot of anger right now. You know, whatever that may be that comes up. But breath work is such a great way to tune into your body and give yourself, you know, kind of that internal hug of safety of going, I'm ready for this or I'm not. Awesome. I have so many questions. Okay. <laughs> So the first step is bringing safety into your body. And the first step is attuning to self. And the second step to that is attuning to your partner. So I'm curious, this isn't just for the rope bunny. This is for each of you, right? So as the rigger and as the rope bunny, you're both doing step one and attuning into your own self. And then you gave us some pieces for that through breath work, go within, feel your emotions. I'm sure also like feeling into your body, like where are things sticky? Where is the energy stuck? What feels juicy? Like just kind of being aware of all of that. And then you're attuning into your partner. So I feel like I'd love to know on the attunement into your partner, is that the same process of breath work? Is there any touching? Do you do any kind of process to kind of like tune into each other? Yeah, there's so many different forms of attunement. A lot of it is creating just the safety and space for a conversation. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people are like, okay, I have to do the touch. I have to do the breath. But it's literally the conversation of how are you feeling right now? Because if my partner knows that I'm feeling a lot of anxiety or a lot of anger or a lot of sadness or something, then you know maybe tonight's not the best time to tie. Or maybe it is for this reason, or maybe I had something more aggressive, but now I can soften the approach 
or maybe it's not a tie that you need tonight. Maybe it's just hug and snuggles to feel safe again. And so being able to ask the question of how are you feeling right now? What are you feeling right now? Is such a great gateway to having the conversation around, are you, can we go deeper? Do you want to play? Or is there actually something else that needs to happen instead? Mm. And so once we go beyond that there, you know, we can do eye gazing. It's so vulnerable, but it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And eye gazing is usually your non-dominant eye to your non-dominant eye. So for me, I'm right-handed. It would be my left hand. My husband is also right or my left eye. My husband is also right-handed. So it would be his left eye. So left eye, left eye, and just sitting there and just acknowledging, acknowledging each other's presence and being present in that space with one another, slowing down. We like to go fast. But sometimes the beauty is in just really slowing down and being present. And that's such a beautiful way to attune. Just be present with your partner, right? When we present with ourselves and our bodies and our feelings, not what is on the grocery list. Do the kids need to be taken somewhere? The dog's barking. I wonder what he's barking at. Did I feed the fish? Like whatever the case is, right? Um, but being very present in the moment. So eye gazing is great. Um, there are times we sit there. And we just hold hands and we let that energy resonate through our bodies. Um, There's so much that I like to talk about as far as energy. Um, And we get to create our own energy and call it forth in our bodies. And then as we connect with our hands, the hands are an extension of our heart. So to be able to hold hands with one another and connect in that space heart to heart is a great way to attune to one another. And then you start to sync your breath work together. You start to sync your breathing naturally. And you get into this relaxed, attuned state with one another, and then you get to move forward. What's next? And it doesn't have to be this long, like 30, 45 minute process of attunement. It can be, you know, a minute or two, but it's really just how do I drop into this space to become present with my partner before moving on? Okay. More questions. (laughs) Take a step back because I have questions about timing on all of this. Mm -hmm. Do you and Brian do the relationship board meeting or is that just a Charlie thing? That's a Charlie thing. Okay. Cause I'm sitting here thinking about a calendar and I'm thinking like, how does this fall into preparation? I'm assuming if you and Brian are like, okay, Friday night, we going to get kinky at 7 PM after the kids put in bed. Then is this, is that when you have this whole session about attunement, it's an attunement and a connection right before you're about to go into it? Or is this part of like relationship board meeting conversation for the planning of March or April or whatever month you're going into? And like, what day do we want to do this? And like, what kind of event do we want to have? And what's the vibe? And like, how to explain to us, how do you get set up for this? So then you can get set up for that, the fun. Right. So I actually start it. So it kind of, for me, links with pleasure, which starts at the very beginning of my day. So it's an actual full day process. And then I don't mean that it's a full day process in terms of like all day, we're sitting there gazing and staring into each other's dreamy eyes and holding hands and breathing together, you know, like some, we're on some Island that nobody else is on and we have no responsibilities or anything like that. But in the morning it starts. So in the morning, we're already connecting with good morning kisses and I hope you have a great day. And how can I support you today? We're helping each other um, get ready for the morning and get the lunch made to get the kids out the door. Like we're already becoming a team and attuning to each other as the day begins. And then throughout the day, we may text each other. Hey, how's your day going? Anything big happening? How can I support you? We ask each other, how can I support you several times a day? And then 
as he comes home, I'm blessed to work from my home space, but as he comes home, he gets a transition time to go from his head mentally at work to mentally being home. And then he can attune to what's going on in the house. You know, how was our son's day? What are we doing for dinner? How can I help? Da, 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 da. And we create this continued partnership, but because we're continuing to have the conversation throughout the day, we can already tell, Ooh, you had a really busy, shitty day today, right? Like maybe you're not even in the mood for something tonight. Like you just need to process how your day went. And I respect that. Or maybe your process, your way of processing your day is to release it and attune to me and we can go that route instead. And so it's, it's really a conversation that happens when we when we wake up in the morning, even without words, the good morning kisses, the hug goodbye, um, you know, just a conversation during the day. And then when he gets home, again, a welcome hug home and just kind of being in each other's energy and creating play when we can, it kind of is attuning to each other all day. So by the time we do get to a point in the evening where we're like, ooh, we really want to play tonight, we've, we're already kind of already attuned, but then we really get to like sit down and attune really, you know, in the moment and be present and then go forward. I can imagine the actual attunement between the two of you being so much quicker at that point because you're tapped in all day. You're turned on all day. You have a pulse on your partner of what's been happening. Um, and I'm sure if you wanted to amplify it, you're sending a little video or you're sending a sexy picture or you're like, you're priming the pump, so to speak, energetically uh, for that play. So it's fun. So it's, it's interesting. Cause I just had a conversation with Charlie where she's like, we plan everything. Right. And you're just like, we just flow, but we're so in tune with each other that we know when we can flow into a kinky night or not. Right. And so I absolutely respect people who plan. I'm a planner. For I literally me. carry my calendar all around with me. Yeah. And I love that. And for me, it gives me anxiety. I don't like to feel like everything is planned. I like to be way more in flow. Yeah. And so, like you said, um, there is a time for planning and we do have regular like planned conversations on the weekend about how we want to go into the next week. We have regular planned conversations around what does finances look like and are we on the right track? Like we have those conversations regularly, but for us being in flow actually allows us to be in a more turned on state that, you know, creates more pleasure to be able to play. Okay. Got it. Okay. So I feel like we have led our listeners up to the conversation, the attunement, and we're getting green light for tonight. Mm -hmm. So then it's, it really is. So for us, for rope, it is, um, then we get to have the conversation again. It, everything around conscious kink is still consent and conversation. And so I've, you know, we've talked about, we want to tie tonight and we, we do have an entire A-frame set up in our meditation room that we get to play with regularly and, you know, all of that. But then it gets to be the conversation of what do you need tonight? Do you need a tie that is way more aggressive um, or what we call a predicament tie where I'm now in a predicament of having to choose one heart over another uh, within the tie? Or do we need something just uh, soft and nurturing? And maybe that is a tie where instead of my hands being behind my back and my heart being exposed, it's my hands in a prayer position and kind of just loving on myself and being able to go within and, and being held in that space. And so we get to really, you know, what kind of tie do we want to do tonight? What do you need? And then getting to play in that energy or dealer's choice. You pick. What are you feeling into tonight? Are you feeling spicy? 
you want to do something spicy or do you actually just want to do something soft and gentle tonight? You know, there's no expectation of everything has to be really rough and really like crazy. It gets, you know, it gets to be fun and it gets to be soft and it gets to be nurturing. So the conversation around how do we want to do this and then setting the mood, setting the space, the intention is everything. Also, um, we have a, a playful joke, um, not a joke. We have a playful way of communicating without communicating. And by that, I mean, there are no words exchanged, but we have um, colored lighting throughout our house and we have it connected to an app. And so I can tell what mood he's in. Usually we have lights that are on the back of our headboard and again, controlled by an app. And if it's blue, then I know that tonight gets to be an easy night. Like we just, we're ready to just relax and cuddle and have conversation or watch movie or whatever it is at the end of the night for us to connect. But if it's red, he's in a spicy mood and wants to play. And so even just walking by our room and seeing what color the lights are or my, our meditation space where we have our A-frame and seeing what color the lights are gets to also tell me what mood he's in and like where we're going for the night. And so what's the intention and what's the space that you're setting? Um, he knows that I am, as far as an energetic blueprint, I am tied between a kinky, sensual energetic, which means that there's a lot to play with there. Um, but that means that creating the space is, you know, what sounds are there. I like a lot of sound and I have a great kinky playlist or dark feminine playlist that he will play. Um, we have diffusers in the room. My crystals are in the room. There's, um, I have a fun egg chair in the room that he can sit in, which is a lot of fun. Cause he'll just sit there and be like, I'm just watching you right now, which is also cool. Cause you know, then you get to add that little element of like psychological play of, Ooh, somebody sitting here watching you, you know, just be tied in this moment. And so we get to set the, we get to set the scene and set the intention, um, as well as have the conversation around what do we actually want to do tonight? And maybe what I wanted to do doesn't align with what you want to do. So what does that look like? And where can we meet each other where we are? Mm, so much juiciness and all this. I'm going to take you back up for a minute because you made some references that I think some of our listeners won't understand unless you listen to me more than two episodes. You're going to have already heard about this. So Ashley's referring to sexual blueprints, which I talk about in almost every episode. Ashley, I'm going to let you teach people or quickly tell people what they are. And then I'll put a link to, I do actually have a referral code. So I'm going to put it in the link below. Um, so I want you to talk about that. And then I will also add her dark feminine playlist. Playlist is fucking awesome. <laughs> we actually fuck to it awesome. Like, yes. and I listen to it when I'm prepping, like it's real, like, tantrika dark like super sexy vibe so as I'm like doing my hair and putting my outfit and like wow. putting the oil all over me like I love to listen to that to get ready it's my foreplay yes. so take it away if you want to talk about erotic blueprints and then maybe go back over what yours are um right. so that people understand what that means absolutely so erotic blueprints being the way that you express yourself not maybe sexually, but like how you communicate that, how you communicate your desires and pleasures. And so for me, being a sensual, a sensual being a person who one includes all of their senses into the space. I'm also a person who's detail oriented. Sensuals are typically detail oriented. So they'll go into a space and go, Ooh, that would look really good. The space is beautiful, but it would look much better with like flowers over there. Like we just notice things that would make the space better or like more appeasing and appealing to our senses. And so um, that means also that, again, as I kind of alluded to, I like to create, have a space that 
really nurtures all my senses. So we bring food in sensual food play, like good, juicy, cold pineapple, like so good when we're playing. Um, but also, you know, the diffusers and what the smells are. If I'm, I'm smell sensitive. So like if there's a really harsh smell or we made tacos that night and all I can smell is taco seasoning, like I'm out. Like I just need, you know, I need it to be curated. Um, and then again, like soft, I like soft blankets and soft rugs around me, especially after, you know, feeling the rope, which is a little bit more intense. You know, I want something soft to snuggle with or land on after the fact. So that's sensual. Um, and then kinky kind of, you know, here we are in the kinky world, Shabari in itself is kink and kink is just kink by definition is just something that is a, is, ta is what's considered taboo by mainstream society. And so again, that's from person to person though, because it's, it's subjective, but for some people, the idea of rope is like, Oh, that's like, sure. But some people like, would be like, Ooh, that's like, that's like out of my comfort zone. That's an edge. And so, you know, it's taboo, um, to mainstream society, but kink for me turns me on. It's, I like being curious about, you know, what is an edge for me? Um, and then kinky, sensual, energetic. So being able to tune into other people's energy, like I get full body tingles, um, when something really lights me up, it's being very connected to your intuition. And so, um, like I said, I can sit here and I can feel when something feels off, or I can feel into when something feels really, really good. And I get, I will get full body chills if something really resonates for me. And so again, when I go into a play session with my husband, like if something feels really good, like I will almost feel an internal warmth that's circulating within me. And it just really, again, it feels like I'm very attuned to him and I'm very attuned to myself and I will get full body chills and I will feel nice and warm. And it's really great. And it's just that energy that, that is continuing to circulate within. And there are two others. There's sexual and missing one. Shapeshifter. shapeshifter. Yeah. The shapeshifter, um, the sexual being, they communicate their love through the act of sex. And my husband is actually a sexy or a sex sensual. Um, sorry, a sensual, sexual, sensual. There we go. I get to <laughs> it all the time. Say it five times fast. There's too many S's and alliterations there, but he is a sexual sensual. So he, again, the, the, all the senses of peace to him, but he communicates his love through sex and not just the, the receiving of sex and that, what that looks like, but the giving he's a giver. And I love that, but he, you know, that's how he says, I honor you. I love you. I, all the things, you know, I treasure you. And then the last one being a shapeshifter kind of embodies all of them. They, they get, they really get to call forth any of those and play in any of those energies at all the time. And the beauty of it is that we all have these within us. And as we continue to tune into ourselves, we unlock more and more and more, and we get to be the ultimate shapeshifter. Okay. I want to pop in here and say, I have included in the show notes, the link to take the quiz. There is a free quiz but you want to take the paid version. It's like $15 or something. It's not very much money at all. But the reason is because Ashley's telling you her and Brian's top two, because those are the most important. And then the other two are either, I mean, you can decide how you look at it. I look at it as like opportunities for growth on some of the others. So for me, kink is at my lowest, but I'm really interested in kink. So I'm spending my extra energy learning Shibari and hiring somebody to do private lessons. And because I want to know more about it. 
Um, I'm a shapeshifter, but also lean heavily, just like Brian. So I lead with sexual and then sensual is my second, which for Scott, he's energetic first, like you, and then sensual second. Um, are you sensual or are you energetic first? I can't remember. Mine was kinky and then sensual and energetic were tied. Okay. So what's nice is when you and your partner have at least one shared attribute together, one shared blueprint, because you can meet there and then you can spend the rest of your energy figuring out. So for my energetic, I know all day long, like you were talking about earlier, the slow burn, the constant Mm -hmm. connection. He's actually at home all day. And so am I. And so it's, he'll say, "I, I wish you would touch me more. I wish you'd come by my office and just touch me, like put your hand on my, he wants the energetic connection, right? Um, where it's tough if you're one's a sexual and one's an energetic and there's nothing there to bridge, you have to learn how to kind of make love to your partner all day in their own blueprint, which is fun. So anyway, that was a side note for anyone that was listening, like, what the fuck are they talking about? The, the, the wonderful thing about the blueprints, which Ashley will say too, is like, it's the bloop, like it's the code. It's the secret code you never knew about your partner. And when you're like, we're just not compatible, it's just not working that is the secret. Go find your blueprint, find your partner or partner's blueprints and go, um, go work on that. Okay. You have led us through deciding on the tie, setting the space. I love that you worked in visual and sensual and sexual, like all these different elements. You gave us your playlist, which I also am putting in the show notes because that dark feminine is so sexy. What else? What else happens after that? So what else? Then we get to go through the act yeah. and we get to tie and we get to do the things and we get to feel whatever we feel. And then, but the real important part happens after. That's what I figured. Yeah. So the real important part happens after the scene or after the play or after the tie is over. And that is the aftercare. Um, otherwise you get to a space where if we tie and then he's like, okay, that was great. And he's like wrapping the rope around his arm and he's like, you know, putting it away and doing all the things thought we're done. Let's go to bed. You know, there gets to be this drop and all of a sudden you're, you get, you can feel rejected. Oh, you just used me. Yeah. Um, uh, I wasn't worthy of that. Like you get, you can get to a place where you don't know what to do with that next love, with that next thing. Like you're here, we are. Okay. Well, that was great. And I'm in this Eros energy of love and connection. And then what, then you're just left hanging and okay, well, we're just going to roll over. And that was, or, you know, even if it's, if it's rope or if it's sex or whatever, okay, well, make me a sandwich. I'm gonna go to sleep. Like, you know, like whatever the case is, like you just feel left behind and there's not, um, our mentor calls it zipping up. And so, you know, you don't feel zipped up afterwards. You've just put your heart on the table with your partner and you're connected and then you're just left there and you don't feel like you've, you've packaged everything back up within and you don't feel complete. And so, you know, the next part of it is the aftercare and what does that get to look like? And so for me, the conversation that we, I get to have with my husband, Brian is how do I, how do, how do you desire to feel complete? because there's importance of he's a top, but like the top needs to feel zipped up just as much as the bottom does. Mm -hmm. And so me as a bottom, what do you need to feel connected? And because he is a sexual, he, he loves all the cuddles and touch. Like, I just want to hold you. 
Um, and sometimes for me, that can be overwhelming as an energetic. I just went through this big thing. And like the last thing I need is more energy and like more connection. So honestly, I would love um, either a nice warm bath where I can reconnect to self or a nice hot shower where I can re reconnect to self, or I just really want my soft blanket that I can curl up in and I can curl up next to you. Or if we're in a bath, I'd love for you to sit with me and either hold my hand or touch my shoulder. Like I'm open for that. And, and again, conscious kink, having that negotiation and conversation of how do we both have our needs met consensually in a place that feels good for both of us. So the aftercare is so important on being able to close that space together where you guys both feel complete and neither one of you feel rejected or used or unworthy of the love that you received in this space and time. And so having that conversation around how do you like to feel loved afterwards? What's going to make you feel like really good and, and want to fall asleep and have sweet dreams? Or if, you, if it's during the day and you're not going to bed afterward, like not everything needs to happen at night, you know, what does that make you feel like you are complete and then you can go on throughout the rest of your day and you're not in this weird headspace of being disconnected and dissociating? That's really beautiful. And I'm curious with <clears throat> the energetic, again, being so high for you, I'm really glad we discussed the blueprints because it's playing into this as well. Um, mm -hmm. And then you mentioned that Brian is really high sexual. And then you mentioned making sure both of our needs are met. So I think a lot of people listening are probably going, does sex happen during kink? Does sex happen during your Shibari scene? So I'd love for you to go back and answer that piece. And then mm -hmm. how do you... Um, agree upon how you get completely filled up and zipped up and he gets completely zipped up, which I'm assuming involves sex. Um, how, do, how do you play all that out? Yeah. So that's actually a beautiful question. And I love that because again, going back and understanding your blueprints is so important because there was a period of time where there was a disconnect for us. And he would say, I almost feel rejected, Ash. Like I don't, I'm not feeling the love. Like I don't feel as loved. Mm -hmm. And there were time, you know, and I was having such a hard time with that because how could you not feel loved? I'm screaming. I love you all the time and not by vocal screaming, but I'm screaming. I love you through my actions and how I show up for you and the energy that I'm putting into our connection and how I make sure that again, because the second is sensual. Um, but I'm creating a space where you get to come home and it's safe and you get to relax from your high stress job and all the things like I'm screaming. I love you. How are you not hearing this? And then as we took the blueprint, it was like, Oh, that's why. Okay, cool. We're not speaking the same language. He's Got like, it. I don't even hear all of that. Right. And so I'm speaking French. He's speaking Spanish and we're trying to communicate in Greek and like, none of it's working. He's like, right? when are you going to get naked with me, Ashley? That's what I need. <laughs> yeah. And, but me going, that's not my first love language. So, you know, or my first blueprint or however you want to approach that. So I'm going, there are times where I'm just not in the mood for it. You know, life happens or my cycle happens, you know, where am I at my cycle and all the things. And so I'm just not there. And so he was feeling not love, but I am feeling a sort of way where all you want is sex. Like, can we chill out for a minute? Like, why do you feel like I, now I'm feeling repulsed by it. And so it was this understanding of, oh, what, how, what language are we speaking to one another? Okay. Now we know that we're not speaking the same language. How, again, how can we bridge that and make sure our needs are met? And so, um, being sexual doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have sex, but it is a touch oriented, um, blueprint. And so 
for him sometimes in the act of shabar, yes, we can have sex. And it's great because again, that slow burn and all of my blueprints being met meets me even more open and receptive to that sexual energy. And then I'm like down to play. Yes, let's do this. (laughs) This is great. I want all, I want all the good sex. Um, and then sometimes it's still, I'm not there and it's not because I don't want sex, but in that moment, I really needed to be in that energetic space of just being held by you in the ropes. That doesn't mean that I want sex. For him, because it's still touch oriented though, he really does get his needs met um, afterward if I really do snuggle with him. Or even if I, again, people think that sex needs to lead to orgasm, but that's not necessarily true. Sex just gets to be the act of, of that touch and connections uh, and or penetrative orgasm and that's not it. So, you know, maybe I... I will play with um, his erotic zones afterwards as I drift to sleep or something. And there's no expectation of, you know, an, an ejaculative orgasm, but he's still getting touched in kind of that playful way. And he knows like I may drift off to sleep or, you know, there's, there's not going to be penetration with it. But for him, he's like, okay, I get to feel that touch and that you do desire me in that way. And I'm good with that. And so we, we do get our needs met that way. Mm. I love that. So beautiful. It's all back to consciousness, like drawing a full circle back to the beginning of our conversation. It's all about being fucking aware, right? Like learning your blueprints, tapping into your partner, learning how to feed them, learning how to even stack blueprints. So everybody leaves being completely fulfilled. And I think that there's so much of the world that's just so consumed with their everyday life and paying the bills. And like, this is beyond that. This is beyond having, beyond having those daily conversations of just tactical and moving into heart space. And I mean, like the most outstanding orgasms you've ever had in your life because you're so connected with each other. So yummy. So So good. I think where we're at here in the podcast, we need to direct people to like what to do next. So if someone's listening and they're like, Ashley, I really want to learn something about conscious kink. I want to learn how to tie or I want to like, what's a book I can read? What's a resource? What's a podcast? How can you send them somewhere to some resources so that then they feel fed from that? Absolutely. So first and foremost, you are welcome to reach out to me. Um, I'm sure that Jennifer can put my Instagram handle in the show notes. Um, so you're welcome to reach out to me as far as resources, um, for attunement pieces. I highly reckon, uh, I highly suggest that you find, um, online meditations, guided meditations. There are several apps for this. Um, there are YouTube videos for this. So for an attunement piece, how do I go within? Same thing with breath work. Um, or you can hire, you know, you can go, there's several classes and people that do different breath work sessions online and you can practice that way. As far as getting into kink, I highly recommend hiring a professional. Um, as far as that goes, there are several online. If you're looking for a really conscious kink person, then you can, one of our mentors, um, and not just in the relationship space, but how to navigate consciousness is Alexa Bowditch, that sex chick online. Um, Kimmy Inch is also a great one. We'll drop her Instagram handle below also. 
Um, and there are several, several more who, who talk about how to really sink into the body and what consciousness, consciousness looks like while, um, going through the, while going through the curiosity of, of wanting to explore kink. Perfect. And do you have any like live events or anything coming up where people want to commit you in real life and take something from you? So I just finished this past weekend, my kinky queen retreat, but we are planning another collaborative retreat in October to come soon. That one will be for couples and it will be a masquerade sensory event. And so it will be a chance for people to um, have some fun, tune into themselves, see if they see how good they are at tuning into their partner with masks on and um, kind of be really playful in that energy. So um, there will be another event in October that's coming soon. Um, otherwise, as far as rope, there's always local meetups. I'm in the Austin, Texas area, and those will be, you know, presented and popped up on my Instagram as they happen. Um other than that, like I said, you're free to reach out to me on Instagram and see where I'm at and what's coming up. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us today. I feel so much more enlightened and I also feel empowered to continue my own kink journey and then get more curious. Um, I never thought about the attunement process, definitely thought about setting space, but that's kind of like my background, that's my nature is to set really beautiful space anyway. But I love the attunement within your body, the attunement with your partner, that concept of kind of making love and being attuned all day so that you can play at night. So, ah, so yummy. Thank you so much for joining us. Those of you listening, if this conversation was really exciting to you, we've never done kind of a kink 101 thing. Let us know what else you want to hear. You can reach out to Ashley on her Instagram, DM her. You can reach out to me. You know where to find me. I'm on Instagram. I'm on, I'm on all the social media platforms. I've got a website. It's all the link in the bio kind of thing. Um, let us know what else you want. I'd love to have her come back on. Whether you want her to physically show you how to do some ties, some deep level conversations after this, more ideas for aftercare, whatever, whatever just floats your boat and makes you feel juicy inside. Let us know what you want to hear. Thanks again for coming on, Ashley. We'll see Thank you later. You so much. Bye.